It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Monday, Gary, how are you? Uh, good again. A very, very uh, uh, busy weekend. The Naval Hospital ship, the USNS Mercy. It's an incredible ships. These two ships are incredible. One on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. We'll be deployed to Los Angeles to add emergency surge medical capacity, and they have a tremendous capacity. We've done a presidential approval for requests for major disaster declaration for the state of New York. Uh, approval of Title 32 National Guard activation for the state of New York. We're providing all of this at no cost to the governor. The request from the state of Washington for a major disaster declaration was approved uh, just a little while ago. Went through the process and we moved it very quickly. The request from the state of California was just received and we will have it approved very quickly. We'll be working. I told that to Gavin Newsom uh, and we are uh, we're working on getting that done very quickly. It'll be done maybe tonight. I'm announcing action to help New York, California and Washington ensure that the National Guard can effectively respond to this crisis. The National Guard, these are tremendous people. They're fully on alert. We've signed what we had to sign, and uh, it's been activated. We're dealing also with other states. These states have been hit the hardest. As it was the president uh, yesterday, here's Mitch McConnell talking about whether a stimulus plan can be passed by tomorrow. Fiddling with the emotions of the American people, fiddling with the markets, fiddling with our health care. The American people expect us to act tomorrow. And I want everybody to fully understand if we aren't able to act tomorrow, it'll be because of our colleagues on the other on the other side is what uh, uh, Mitch McConnell was uh, uh, saying. By the way, I've never seen him so animated. No, it was uh, watching that play out um, during the day on Sunday was incredible. And this, but but this is who the left is right now. They've been this way for a few years. If they're willing to go as far as they did on Russian collusion on um, uh, impeachment for nothing, they're damn sure willing to do this in the face of a coronavirus. By the way, I'll, I just leave what we, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this because there's not much more to say. And I'm not surprised by this at all. And we said this nope. in the very beginning. We said, look, Democrats are going to play politics with this because uh, if you have the 50 member senators, not even members of the House, it was the majority of members of the House. But when you had 50 senators, Democratic senators, excuse me, all the Democratic senators had voted uh, to uh, remove a president from office based on the fact that he wished to go to co- the courts. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. That was Article 2. Mm-hmm. And it's completely separate from Article 1. Article 2 was uh, the, the the fact that uh, uh, he was obstructing uh, Congress and should be removed from office because he said, you people want this, we'll go to the courts, they'll decide. And they said, we will overturn an election because of that. If you do that, you do not care. And I've said this many times before. And to, by the way, to zero debate when we explain it this way, if you're willing to do that, you don't care. You don't care about the coronavirus. Right, right. If you're willing to overturn a duly elected president, if you're willing to overturn an election, 
then it doesn't matter. And if you want our proof, uh, we give you last week from the Hill.com the story that they did where they uh, where they were the ones that reported that a majority whip James Clyburn last week, and we brought this to you on Thursday's show, actually said about the whole stimulus uh, legislation, yeah. not we need to get the help to the people who need it, and we need to help small business and large business because mm-hmm. everybody's going to need it across the board here. In an unprecedented in uh, in a hundred year over a hundred years, unprecedented in American history, an international and uh, a national tragedy which is is going on. He said, "Quote: This is a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision." End of quote. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if Trump had said that? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if never, Trump had said that? It, it, w- it would be never ending. That would be the only story. Trump's, by the way, by the way, it, it's and, and this is the whole thing um, that that the media, they can't quit doing what they're doing. They can't quit lying about things, still lying about the the whole hoax thing, calling the virus a hoax. I know. It's amazing. What well, at least one Washington reporter, uh, she came back on Twitter and said, you know what? I was wrong about that because the Washington Post actually fact check it fact checked it and said that that was wrong that was false he didn't call the virus a hoax he called the the reaction to it a hoax right and they continue to still do that what kind of people do that as we've said before what kind of human beings do that you know i saw who did i see oh tom brokaw <laughs> tom brokaw the president should get with nancy pelosi and form a co, co- are you kidding me are you blind well, you know why McConnell's ticked off? Because McConnell thought that the Democrats, you know, look, the compromise will be you guys got that right. over there on the first one. Yep. And and we're going to do this and we're going to get the money in and we conceded there for you. Mm-hmm. Now you concede here for us. Now the bill has gone from, remember, it was originally going to be $850 billion, yep. Then it went to a trillion. No. Then uh, I saw over the weekend 1.5 to tr- 2 trillion, and now I see it's 1.3. Yeah, I saw 1.4 last I saw. Right. So, yeah. But that's, but the, um, <laughs> that means it's going to be 3 trillion. By the way, that's, that's why we, that's why we can't even get into a discussion. <laughs> exactly. But somebody asked you, what are the specifics in it? And I said, I don't even think they know what the they, specifics they are that, that, that are in it. So, uh, I, I know part of what's in it. You know, we know the money. We know the we we know the 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 money that's going in. We know that there's a lot more money going into, uh, uh you know, uh, help for for small business. Specifically, what that is, uh, it looks like the majority of it is is uh, of loans of of some sort, uh, loans or or help. I don't know whether there's grants in, in involved in it. We'll see because we don't know what it's going to be yet. Right. What's in the Senate right now might not exist by the time we get to Tuesday, because now the House is coming up with their own plan. But the fact is, you anything you want to say bad about the president. Oh, by the way, the whole thing of the the, the we, we really never got into much discussion because we're trying to we're trying to hit the specifics of it without being political. But right. we wouldn't be political if we weren't responding to what um, uh, uh, they were doing. But what was it? Uh, what was the other thing from uh, last week? Um Oh, I just—I forgot what it is. Just popped out of my mind. Something that the the president had. Uh, um, uh, oh, oh, yeah. That the 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 and this went around for the longest time. 
that the president got rid of the, you know, the the people, the department that did the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. it's like they didn't get rid of it. He simply changed it to a different department. Right. Right. Well, and they, then they said uh, they're making the claim over the weekend where they said um, something to the effect they were making the claim that uh, he didn't do it. They switched the protocol at some point. They switched protocol because they didn't trust what was coming out of China. Right. And they, they abandoned that protocol for good reason. And now everybody who's actually paying attention knows exactly why. Well, I'm telling you one thing. Uh, the uh, Forget about Cuba. The, <laughs> right. the the media sympathy for China it's unbelievable is just you know the communist sympathy from the media for Ch- is just mind boggling. We'll get to some specifics here. In why just, why in, isn't Bernie winning? It's exactly why isn't Bernie winning. <laughs> well, I think the media might have wanted him. The media well, maybe, probably maybe, did want him. Maybe, maybe a number of them did. That's a good point. Did you, did you see over the weekend that you know uh, Cuomo's going to end up being the nominee? And, and I'm thinking to myself, how? Chris Cuomo would be the the, the nominee before Governor Cuomo would. Well, well I mean, it, it's, well, there's there, the media is talking about how yeah. great he's doing, and right, that, right. and that that uh, his uh, name was trending. Mm-hmm. You know, hashtag Cuomo for president. And it's like, well, this thing's almost done for you guys. Right. How, how's Cuomo going to jump? You, what? Biden's going to get the nomination, and you're just going to say, you know, oh, okay, he's sick. Cuomo gets in there. Oh, yeah, right. yeah do that. Right. By the way, nothing else matters anymore. Mm. To show you how everything changes, remember that's why we said, look, we don't make predictions on who's going to win a presidential election. We just don't do that because you don't know how things can change. Yeah. Nothing matters now except coronavirus. Yeah. Nothing else matters except where the country is going, uh, economically speaking. And the decision that will be made in November will be based on people, uh, independents, because they're the ones you, I, I think you're going to have Trump supporters still vote for Trump and Trump haters not vote for Trump and Democrats not vote for Trump. But independents will look at it and they'll say, okay, they'll weigh. They'll, they'll, at that point, they'll weigh and they'll say, was the response by the federal government, was the response, all depending on what the virus does, uh, was, it, was it okay to hurt the economy for what coronavirus ended up being? Hmm. And it may not be fair to the president right. because it's a guess. Hmm. And you, you and I were just going through... And not, just, not we weren't arguing, but it was more of just throwing all the things out there of all the speculation that's being done and all the different graphs that are being done. Right. And we're going back and forth going, yeah, but this, but this, but this, but this. Well, the thing is, we still don't know. There's still so much that we don't know. So uh, we, will, um, uh, we will get to uh, uh, that. We'll look at uh, what's going on in some of the states. Uh, actually, uh, point by point, I got the Wall Street Journal actually going point by point in some of the states. So we'll give you that uh, information out there, uh, uh, too. Uh, oh, did you see the former CNN reporter that compared Trump saying, yeah, let's look at the uh, the chloroquine or whatever the offshoot of it is now that they're looking at it in the hydroxychloroquine. Other drug. Yeah, right. And and uh, and, uh, you know, he, he said, well, look, let's let, let's let them look at it. You never know. And he compared it to the um to hitler mm. and the nazis saying well, the nazis experimented on people too now trump wants to do it huh. i mean this is how this is how absolutely insane they are by the way you see all the polls coming out saw another poll mm. showing that the as the as the press continues to do what they do that the president's support keeps going up and mm-hmm. up and up for how he's handling right. handling coronavirus cuz right. right now because you don't know 
uh, is it a, you you overreact because you don't know about the virus? Right. Yeah. You you over you overcompensate because you just you just don't know. So uh, it we we really live in interesting times. We'll cover a whole ton of things today on the show. Plus, get to your calls and comments. If you'd like to get in, we would love to hear from you. And and we're saying this here from the county and that we broadcast in that will will be uh stay in place. What do they call it? Settle in Yeah. Is it not settle in place? What do they call it? Shelter in place. Shelter in place, yeah. Uh we're shelter in place uh here in our county and uh yes, because we do what we do, we are essential we are essential workers, so mm-hmm. we will be here uh each and every day uh throughout this, but I'm sure you did the same thing I did. I went to the gas station and I went to the store once. Mm-hmm. And uh but very early in the morning, you and I really have been social distancing um being in our own little private quarantine almost for the last this is 11 days now for us. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's only uh you know, smart to do that. Uh the uh Again, the the complete uncertainty here. But what I did see over the weekend is people echoing on social media uh, the exact sentiment that I had here on Friday. And that is people are going to get tired of this. They want the economy to come back. They don't want this to destroy the economy. And Mm -hmm. they're going to at some point there is going to be there's going to be a number of people revolting. I don't know when, what that point is. Well, you it, saw it on but social it, but media. It, it all, but it all depends the acceleration of the virus, too, to that. Well, it's. It, I guess it depends. Um, but if we, we stay at this current pace in two to three weeks, I don't see uh, people just sitting around saying, look, I... Because you, you look at what's going on with, uh, who was it, Lindsey Graham over the weekend saying, look, we could, the government could fund 70% of American payrolls. Well, I haven't done the Lindsey Graham math. Yeah, but I have family oh. members who are their companies are already laying people off. They started Sunday. Uh, I I've got a couple of friends and and uh, who uh, like a lot of Americans are living week to week. Said I can't go a month without it. Oh and, yeah, and right. if they give me the if they give me the uh, what is it the the I think uh, both are uh, women with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would get, I think, seventeen hundred. And if they get that twice, they said that's not enough to get us through. No, not enough. I no. can't. I won't even be able to pay my rent on 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 that for those uh, for those two months. So right, right. there are going to be a, a lot of people that are hurting um, by this. And so uh, you know, you look at it, and it, but it came up over the weekend too. Well, maybe we should just quarantine the old people. And it's like, yeah, but if you let everybody else go, they're eventually going to infect the old people. Mm-hmm. That's well, the and then problem. you saw one demographic in in some areas, young people are being affected greatly. Yeah, and so it's you know again, that's the uncertainty. Um, and it's not actually the young people dying from it; it's no. being the carrier, right? And then you can be high risk without being old. Yes, you can. Underlying yes. underlying yes. conditions. Yes, you can. And so you know you run into somebody at a at a grocery store. Uh, so then you get to the point of, okay, what do we do? We keep people who have underlying conditions at home. If you're in the high-risk category, you stay at home. Look, the the people, even even when they have a shelter-in-place uh, policy, whether it's local or state or whatever it is, their people still have to go stock the shelves at, at grocery stores. Oh, yeah. Truck drivers still have to roll. Yeah. 
You know, so you're still going to have people out in society. People are still going to restaurants. Yes. In fact, there's a special emphasis for people to, you know, that you see that push. Right. Go out and support local and you go yeah. by and you see a lot of long lines that, you know, people waiting at whether they're fast food restaurants or whatever. Yeah. You know, waiting in line and picking up to take out. Yeah. Grubhub was uh, waiving some service fees and yeah. and uh, over the weekend. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably going to see a lot more of that. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Thank you so much for being here uh, uh, this morning. I, I, I just want to address this real quickly because we got a call the other on uh, the, the last show, and I was thinking about it, and I said, oh, you know, the, the guy didn't seem to understand where we were going. I, I was going through the – this was California when they had their shelter in place, and we were going – I was going through it on the air. And, you know, what you couldn't could not do. And you looked at me and you said, well, you basically what they're saying is you basically can't do what's closed. Right. And and, you know, I chuck a little bit about it and say, yeah, we're not laughing at the situation. No. But the 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 point we were trying to make and if I didn't make it correctly, I apologize for it. But the fact is the vast majority of people are already doing it voluntarily. Yeah, right. You you can you can see it on the streets, right? I've seen it on the streets, especially the last couple of nights. Mm-hmm. Most people are taking it seriously. There are, are young. Are there some young kids out there? Not yeah, but is the majority of public of the public taking it seriously? Yeah, the orders come down, but the orders aren't coming down because because the majority of Americans aren't following the restrictions or doing what they believe is right for themselves. Uh, there may be a minority of it, but the majority is actually doing what they should be doing. And that was our point. Right. Right. It, it seems like too little too late or, yes. or pointless to yeah. enact such policy. Yeah. Here's your forecast. As the first full week of spring begins, we have rain to start your morning for Columbus, Ohio, Pittsburgh, down through West Virginia and the Tennessee Valley. It should remain all rain, but just to the north, we have a very cold air mass from Canada, but the temperature right around those vicinities I mentioned won't be close to the freezing mark. As you move up towards Boston, things are dry, but the air is chilly in the upper 20s and lower 30s. The south will be wet again today. Most of Texas will be dry. But from Louisiana over to the Carolinas, you can expect rain, especially along I-20, but mainly north of I-10. The central and northern plains will be dry in the Pacific Northwest. The higher elevations of the mountains of the Sierras, Cascades, and Rockies will be picking up a little light snow. Onshore rain for Washington, Oregon, and portions of I-5 in California. A Monday look at your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
It's a no malarkey morning. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 uh, Red Eye was reading, I think, was it, was it the Wall Street Journal? I've been reading. Thing is, you read so much. By the way, I don't know about you, but I've been reading so much that when, and everybody's communicating now, yeah, you know, by right. text messaging yep, and, yep, yep. and, and, uh, Facebook messaging and I finally get sick of it. And my and all of a sudden I'll call why are you calling me? You were just texting me for the last hour. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. Right. I just can't do it. I just yeah. can't and and I can't read anymore. It it it's just it's just it's it gets to be, you know, too much. And as you and I were talking about things change so rapidly that you what you what you're thinking uh five hours ago completely changes. Within, yeah. with a few hours after that. But I did see that the United States, because of how we're accelerating it, should be doing 75,000 tests a day by this coming weekend. Uh, let's let's hope so. I have a friend who was, uh, who was diagnosed positive over the weekend, um, and uh, they call it a presumptive positive. Mm-hmm. And you look at that situation and, and how things accelerate. They're going to have to get the testing kits. You know, the only way to measure... Uh, the the affected rate, whether it's uh, severe cases versus uh, non-severe cases or ultimately uh, the mortality rate, is to have more test kits available. You know, I was reading a timeline and the the it came out, uh, this was Friday night or Saturday, and it came out that had China been honest and had moved forward, had moved on this three weeks earlier than they did, then they could have controlled up to 95% of the contagion that happened, ultimately. Now, again, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, we didn't trust China from, from the beginning, and now, for good reason, we see it. We know the data, but you look at the timeline of how things rolled out and where the U.S. and other Western nations started looking at that going, you know what? We don't test, we, we don't trust their testing. We don't trust their testing at all. And they changed protocol, which is is good. By the way, I don't know when Dr. Fauci is sleeping. I really don't. But he really looks like he could use a, a good night's sleep. And let's hope that the great minds that are on this, like his, get what they need as well. Um, you know, we talk about truck drivers and and all the folks in the, in, in the uh and the uh, supply chain that are that are getting us everything we need to to you know shelter in place or whatever our situation is, uh, but you look at the healthcare professionals and, and then on top of that the 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 um, the scientific minds that are working to find you know a a cure a vaccine all the above or or, the, or a method to just right. slow again flatten the curve or or the uh, the uh, um, companies that are stepping up you see I forgot the name I don't have it here in front of me here but. You just hit the. You just sparked that in my mind. The one pharmaceutical company that's willing to donate millions upon millions of doses yeah. of the the chloroquine, whatever mm-hmm. that, whatever the prescription would be. Right. You know the the funny thing is to just and the the media over the weekend. You see some of the articles written. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take too much of it, it will kill you. It's like well, that's why it's a prescription. Right. They would have to figure out the dosage of it too. Exactly. There are a ton of prescriptions that will kill you if you take too much of them. Exactly, and exactly. It, it was just uh, I, I'm. You shake your head, and it's the 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 same thing as 
the the they're not asking the right question. Some ask the right questions. I won't say they all don't. But it's this nitpicking to try to get some type of advantage over the president or nitpick him or, uh, you know, the the whole, uh, you know, reporter thing from Friday, which is already forgotten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every, everybody has, has moved on. You can't take this in a vacuum. No. And that's how the reporters look at it, that every day is in a vacuum and every day is new. How come this president responds to us this way? Because he's been dealing with you for the last three years. Yeah, I mean, it's as if they don't, you know, they're they're saying, how dare you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's Are just, you kidding me? You know, it's because you say what you will about the president. But the fact of the matter is this. The action right now, the actions and how he's been handling it uh, as of late, are about as good as you're going to get, period. And far better, far better than most. You know, um, it's it's just insane. They, they ask him stupid questions. You know, how much money have you personally lost? Or blah, 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 blah. You're, you're just a moron. Can yeah. we stick to coronavirus, please? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, that was when I saw that one. I'm just like, they have no concern. The reporters have no concern. No. Uh, of, for the for the American public by the stupid questions that they ask, right, right, and again, uh, assuming that if other senators got caught doing it, mm-hmm. then this president must be guilty because he's only in it for his own. That think that question would have ever come up to any other Democrat president, right? No, you, you know, um, it's uh, it's interesting. Doctor Fauci did a, a an interview over the weekend. And he said, you know, the media is just trying to create a rift between me and President Trump. And that's not going to happen. I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was beautiful. Because this is their attempt. They've, they've been doing it all along. From the beginning. It didn't matter who it was. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Well, what's your opinion on this? She's the mouthpiece for the president. She doesn't have an opinion. You know, at the time. Um, they, they've been doing this from day one. It doesn't matter who it is in the administration. Hey, will you speak out against Trump, please? Will you say something bad about your boss? And this is the insanity that we live in today. The media doesn't realize what they're doing, but the damage that they're doing to themselves will be very, very harmful and quite permanent. This is going to change how people think. This is going to change how people behave, whether it's our daily lives and how we shop, uh, whether it's how we associate. This will definitely have some change in people's lives going forward. A permanent change in a society, at least for a generation. If it gets to where it is, uh, what they were talking about, down 20%, you see that kind of recession or the word depression coming back again over the weekend. You see that kind of drop. It's going to change how people associate. It's going to change how people think. And I can't tell you how November 3rd is going to go. But as you mentioned earlier, you can look at the approval ratings. And if the left wants to play these games, great. They do so at their own peril. They don't realize it. But this was, and and there was one article over the weekend that said something to the effect of, forget impeachment. This will be the undoing of Donald Trump. Yeah, you guys have been doing the bombshell thing since the beginning. And yeah, this is on a much greater scale. But quit with the bombshells. Let's focus on the matter at hand. Because otherwise, you're a hack. Take off your microphone. 
go do something else for a living that's constructive. You know, I'm I'm thinking where the you know the president talked to the governors and said, "Look, you go ahead and you do what you you need to do, right. and we'll be there to back you. But right. you go do it, right? You go do it. We can't do." And that was viewed as a negative, as that the president must be all encompassing and handle every problem that every state has. Or or and, or the uh, or the other one, the other part of that was uh, that the states should go do it on their own. Because what they would do is they were editing right. down that what that one yes. part of the comment. Yes. Yeah, hey, you guys go do that. Which means which would they would isolate that part of the statement and say he's telling them to go it on their own. Right. And he wasn't. No. No, we're close. Who who in in this type of crisis that is unprecedented in over a hundred years in this country? Who does that? Packs. Well, political activists who don't care about anything except their own narrative. They don't care uh, about you. They just don't. And it's it's too bad. But again, I'm not, as you can tell, my voice, I'm not angry by it. I expect it. Because they have proven themselves over the last couple of years as this is what we are all about. Yep. If you want to get in, we do have lines open. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to go through uh, the different states out there and and uh, the the uh, actions or restrictions that they, they have put into effect. Plus, get to your calls and comments and, and look at some of the data. I was looking at South Korea here and uh, lo- looking at a lot of the different curves, trying to ignore China. And I know it's tough because that's where it first happened, but looking at uh, South Korea and how... It has, it has, you know, the number of cases which skyrocketed. Yes. If, you, if you look at our curve right now, right. it's almost straight up. Mm-hmm. And and there's also increased drastically. And then you can see is now starting to moderate. Even though they get more cases every day, they're fewer than the day before. Right. And so the question is, can the United States do the, the, the same thing? Even though the, the business that is necessary out there of commerce that is necessary, as you said, because it's about the sustenance out there, there is less interaction. Right. There's a heck of a lot of less interaction, which hopefully can slow it down. But the big thing is here, it is the unknown. It's still the unknown. Yeah, right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Welcome and good morning. By the way, you said Lindsey Graham said that we could we could uh, finance 70% of uh, America's payrolls. Yeah. Uh, but just so you know, I did the, the figures, rough figures, but the, the average pay in the United States is 876 per week. Yeah. Okay? Right. Just throwing that out as an average. Okay? Mm-hmm. Number of Americans working, 157 million. Every week, that would be $137 billion. Every week. Now, if that's 70%, it'd be roughly $100 billion a week. Mm -hmm. Which would be $400 billion in a month, $800 billion for two months. Mm -hmm. And so on and so on and so on. Now, if you take taxes out of that, all taxes. Right. Because you don't say, okay, this would be tax-free. It's four bucks. 
Yeah, it would only cost four bucks. So we might be we might be able to. Uh... <laughs> I look. Um, I we there is that uncertainty brings about you know again more questions because you have the policies now that put everybody in place. Not essential, you know, retail like retail. You shut down retail. The government orders retail to shut down. Well, okay, now what? Because this is unprecedented. Yeah. This is not a financial crisis. Or wasn't, it didn't start as a financial crisis, but it's becoming very quickly a financial crisis. And that's perpetual in nature because we haven't seen anything like this, even during the flu epidemic. In 1918, 1919, you didn't see uh, quite this kind of, because we didn't have that kind of economy. I mean, everything is connected now. And you think about it. We didn't have interstates. We didn't have what we have. I'm grateful, by the way, that we have what we have. The inter- the interstates, um, electronics, things that we can do where we can still conduct some business while we're sheltered in place. But the fact of the matter is you you take a 20% hit, and as you extrapolate it out, you know, okay, go, go beyond that quarter. Let's say the next quarter is what? 10%. The next quarter is down 5%. Recovery could take... They said, what, 18 months could have an impact, an economic mm-hmm. impact of 18 months? It would take a lot more than 18 months. Yeah, if it, if, if it was, uh, again, now they tempered those numbers to 10%. Yeah. I saw over the weekend. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, you and I look at it, and when it comes to predicting the economy, we've always thought it's been bunk to begin with because how many times have we sat here and said, here's what they claimed it would be this year, and it, it it's never what it is. No. Remember the one year? Where I just said, I'm just going to guess right. with the economy. And I was closer than the experts. You were like one point, one tenth of a point One tenth of a point away, right? Yeah. I, I think it was like, uh, uh, I guess, 2.3% for the year. And it, and was, it was, two, was like 2.2 2 or something. Two point, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just, I said, I'm just going to throw a number out there. And at the end of the year, let's see how close I am. And right. I was closer than the economist, right. just guessing. Exactly. Well, because we get these optimistic numbers. There's the scary part right now. Um, I don't want those op- optimistic numbers. I want the current numbers and where we're going. But the problem is, is that that doesn't give you, I mean, you can only measure a recession, um, you know, by, by looking back. And I don't want to look back and see 10%. I don't want to see 20, I don't want to see 5%. You know, and this is the problem too, is that the pressure by the everyday American is going to be so huge. Within a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. they're going to have to be on it. I think they know this. I was reading National Review, and they said they the government has to give you a number. You know, like what's the day? Yeah, right. Like they don't know. No, no, no. As far as the virus is concerned, right. they don't know. And, and a lot of the speculation or a lot of the pundits out there, I'm like, well, you're just taking a guess. You're saying they need to tell us a date. Well, I understand economically speaking. You're right. The the more they don't give you a date, the more the economic damage continues. Nobody debates that. But even in the article, they were, it was a National Review article. I'm mm-hmm. like, how can they give you a date? Right. Yeah, there's no way. And, and they there's no way said, to do that. And they even said it could be April 1st. It could be April 15th. I'm like, well, you're saying you don't know what the date is. Right. I, I, ridiculous at times.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. President uh, held another press conference uh, yesterday on the coronavirus. This will help our economy and you will see our economy skyrocket. Once this is over, I think it's going to skyrocket. It's a it's a pent up demand. It's a built up demand. And uh, I guess you really have to say who knows. But I think it's going to be a tremendous day when we win this war. And we will win the war. We want to win the war with with as few AF. If you look at it, just deaths as possible. I'm announcing action to help New York, California and Washington. Ensure that the National Guard can effectively respond to this crisis. The National Guard, these are tremendous people. They're fully on alert. We've signed what we had to sign, and uh, it's been activated. We're dealing also with other states. These states have been hit the hardest. The federal government has deployed hundreds of tons of supplies from our national stockpile to locations with the greatest need. In order to assist in those areas, I approve the state of New York's request for a major disaster declaration, something which uh, Governor Cuomo has been asking for and which I agree, and we had it uh, done in very rapid fashion. We'll hear from uh, Dr. Fauci uh, in just a little bit. He was on Face the Nation uh, yesterday and yeah. went through everything. And uh, we feel just, you know, hear it from hear it from the medical guy who's running the whole thing. Really, yeah, exactly. You think about it. Yeah, right. Uh, when you look at uh, some of the states out there, some of the restrictions uh, and that are being uh, applied to everyday life in New York. This was effective yesterday. It's uh, at 8, or excuse me, last night at 8 p.m. All businesses that aren't deemed essential must shut down their in-office personnel functions. Uh, Governor Cuomo's order exempts financial institutions, retailers, pharmacies, hospitals, news media, manufacturing plants, and transportation companies, among others, Non-essential gatherings of any size and for any reason are temporarily banned. In public, people must keep at least six feet away from each other. Residents 70 and older and people with compromised immune systems or underlying illnesses must remain indoors unless exercising outdoors. Wear a mask in the company of others and pre-screen visitors by taking their temperature. Casinos, gyms, theaters, shopping malls, amusement parks, and bowling alleys are closed. Barbershops hair salons, tattoo or piercing salons, nail salons, hair removal services uh, closed Saturday at 8 p.m. Bars and restaurants are limited to delivery and takeout. In California, Governor Newsom has ordered everyone in California to stay home except to get food, care for a relative or friend, obtain health care, or go to an essential job. People working in critical infrastructure sectors may continue to go to their jobs. People uh, outside must keep at least six feet of distance from each other, dine in restaurants, bars and nightclubs, entertainment venues, gyms, and fitness studios are closed. Gas stations, pharmacies, grocery stores, 
Convenience stores, banks, laundry services remain open. Uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Governor Tom Wolf declared non-life-sustaining businesses in Pennsylvania to close their physical locations as of Thursday, last Thursday evening. The restrictions exempt sectors like gas stations, food retailers, transportation companies. It also does not apply to virtual or uh, telework operations. Businesses that don't comply mm. could face enforcement actions starting from last Saturday. Restaurant uh, uh, regulations are the same. Uh, in Illinois, the governor commanded residents to stay home, leaving only for essential travel and activities uh, such as health and safety reasons. The Illinois directive says not essential businesses and operations must cease. A requirement with many exceptions, non-essential businesses may still allow employees to work remotely and process payroll and employee benefits, among other limited activities. Gatherings of more than 10 people are prohibited. In Texas, uh, Governor Greg Ab- uh, Abbott's directive instructs all Texans to avoid social gathering in groups of more than 10 Starting Saturday morning, uh, Texas residents shall avoid eating or drinking at bars, restaurants, and food courts or visiting gyms or massage parlors. Uh, People may not visit nursing homes for lawn care facilities unless uh, to provide for critical assistance. Now, in Texas, a lot of cities are shutting it all down. Right. That's A lot of counties are. uh, Dallas County, uh, I look at the the rules for Dallas County are as strong as Illinois or California or Mm -hmm. New York right now. Right. Uh, in uh, uh, Florida, uh, for example, uh, the governor has ordered the closure of restaurant dining rooms and bars in the state, as well as concert houses and, and other entertainment uh, uh, venues. The city of Miami Beach directed all health hotels to close down by Monday night. Miami-Dade has shut down beaches, parks, bars, and restaurants. I saw, uh, was it, I think Pensacola beaches were closing. I just, I, mm-hmm. we just... Uh, happening. I have a few friends down there, and so I was on. I saw the Facebook site right. of one of the beaches down there. Uh, Nevada, days after closing the casinos, the governor ordered a shutdown of non essential businesses, including movie theaters, uh, massage parlors, brothels, nightclubs, hair and nail salons, and gyms. The, uh, the good thing is, I'm sure for many uh, people in Nevada, retail cannabis dispensaries may operate by delivery. Uh, New Jersey, the governor ordered all New Jersey residents to stay home, again, with a host of exceptions. The same thing, uh, you know, basically for uh, as what's going on in New York uh, and California and many uh, cities and counties in the state of Texas. In Connecticut, the governor uh, ordered non-essential businesses to eliminate their in-person workforces by Monday through 8 p.m. through April 22nd, again, exempting a broad range of retail, manufacturing, legal in financial services in Louisiana, the governor has ordered a general stay-at-home effective Monday at 5 p.m. Uh, same thing applies as everywhere else except for essential services. Ohio uh, also uh, stay at uh, home. Uh, Delaware also issued a shelter-in-place order effective Tuesday at 8 a.m. Now, we actually broadcast from Dallas County. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Tarrant County, which is Fort Worth. They haven't called it yet. Uh, even though the recommendations are the the same and most people are following them, but uh, here uh, it's the same thing uh, uh, except for essential services, and that right. starts, I think, uh, tomorrow at eleven fifty nine or right. today, later today, yeah. at eleven fifty nine p.m. Right, and goes through April third for us, mm-hmm. and some expected to be extended. I was uh, talking to uh, one person who I know that works in a local school district. 
And she was telling me that they expect, I mean, just a consensus, she's not on the school board and she doesn't make the decision. But they don't, amongst the teachers and staff, they don't expect them to be back at school, you know, here in a couple of weeks. Um, She says the same thing that I say. Yeah, I hope to be wrong. But I don't see this as a two or three week thing. Um, And the problem is going to be is that when you have people going right now that can't make, forget about making rent even. I mean, if if they came in in some locale and said, okay, no evictions, there will be no evictions until further notice. You still need to pay your bills. You, need, you still need to keep the lights on. You still need to eat. And this is going to be a big problem in the next few weeks. You know, we just did the math on the whole Lindsey Graham thing, being able to pay the government could hold probably tread water on 70% of the payroll. But let's look at the math. You quickly get to trillions and trillions of dollars if you don't have something approved in the hands of doctors, in doctors' offices like right now. One of the concerns comes from the fact that China actually sends us, if not the medication, and over the weekend they were threatening, because of Trump's words, they were threatening to withhold medication from the U.S. Go ahead. Try it. The world will choke you out. Because not only do they send medicine here, but they also own or have control of certain active ingredients in other medications that are manufactured elsewhere. Well, that I'll tell you right now, just like they shouldn't be making our, uh, our military jets, they shouldn't be making anything that we use for defense, uh, it's about time we're going to have to look at, at, at redoing that situation, or the par- pharmaceuticals. Or parts. Yes, exactly. Right. They don't make military jets. Well, I, what I'm saying is yeah. they shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, okay. The point I'm, I'm making <laughs> is how ridiculous would it be if they did? Right. And so it's ridiculous that they have that much control over the pharmaceutical industry globally, not just here in the U.S. And their behavior is is going to have to be dealt with. We can deal with that whenever. But right now, there has to be a solution. I I believe Big Pharma in the U.S. is going to step up. Uh, you see the major pharmas right now looking at that. You see Elon Musk saying, look, we'll convert our plants uh, to make ventilators. Um, that was given the approval by the president. Um, but what does General, it take for General Motors? General Motors to, what yeah. does it take for General Motors to convert to make a ventilator? I, I don't know. I don't know what that process is. Because you, you talk about, first of all, it being, I'm I'm assuming... A sterile environment, and that's very different than when you're making, you know, uh, automobiles. So I don't know how that, how quickly you can get a, a production line of ventilators going, but there definitely will be a shortage of those ventilators, and that's their great concern. Is as that as the the number of cases grow, they're going to need those ventilators to treat the most severe cases in these hospitals. Um, this is the problem they had in Italy. In northern Italy, they started running out of beds and equipment. Yep. Well, when you start turning people away that are in that are part of the severe case category, then they're not going. They're likely not going to make it. You know, it's uh, it's it's a tough time for anybody who is in a hospital right now because I know my mom's in the hospital mm-hmm. right now, yeah. and there's no visitation at all now. No. She tested negative for coronavirus, but yeah. flu and pneumonia, and you know, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we just, we wonder because, you know, sh- you know, she's in her nineties 
and you you know you're the family's always concerned about the care you're getting when the family member can't be there you know every day and the thought goes through your mind are they looking at her and saying she's in her 90s and with coronavirus we need to get to other people and this is the israeli doctor that said that in uh, in, in many hospitals in italy uh, there you know if you're over 60 well sorry we're trying to help people that have a better chance of surviving. Mm-hmm. And my mom doesn't have coronavirus. I want to make that clear. But, you know, she still is, is you know, is very sick. And it's mm-hmm. it's terrible on the families. It really is. Yeah, it is. Right now, it's terrible it on the families when you've got people right now in the And there's a ton of people in the hospital in this country that don't have coronavirus. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, even. And it's it's almost it's almost a lockdown where people just. Yeah, you can't come in. And and it's just it, it is it's it's heartbreaking it's concern not only for the you know the immediate family members you know in my case thinking about you know my my dad and my mom right you know when she's in the hospital at that age and doesn't get to see you know or doesn't get to see a a friendly face so um i'm just giving uh again i don't want any more emphasis placed on the situation that my family is in because there's so many families going through it i just want people to know that it is going on out there and it doesn't matter who you are it 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 affects you in some way well, when you have somebody in the hospital right yeah. now i uh my cousin passed away last week and her funeral was just a handful of people because you can't risk i mean there's going to be a great number she was 60 and there was a great number of old people that obviously would have gone but because of the risk mm-hmm. uh, they can't and you know again that's playing out all over america and it's it's heartbreaking i have a friend in the hospital in san antonio his own wife can't come in to see him in the room now. Um, again, I, and this is for, you know, this is for his recovery to make sure that he's going to have a full recovery. Um, but it's, it, it becomes heartbreaking and it's playing out all over the U.S. right now. Uh, we'll hear from Dr. Fauci coming up here following the bottom of the hour, plus your calls and comments, 866-90-RED-EYE. Tips from J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated on Road Check 2020, the importance of inspections. Organizers promote Road Check as the largest targeted enforcement program in the world. It's estimated that on average, around 17 trucks or buses are inspected every minute in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada during the three-day event. More than 1.6 million roadside inspections have been conducted in the 30-year history of the International Road Check. That's a lot of inspections, obviously. But drivers can't lose sight of the fact that roadside inspections can and will occur at any time and anywhere throughout the year. And you must be prepared for them. Your employer will likely remind you of Road Check between now and May. But remember the old Boy Scouts motto when it comes to inspections. Be prepared. You'll never know when you'll be pulled over for one. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. We go to Bill in Maryland. Bill, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Very good. good. Thanks for calling. Awesome. Um, yeah. What I think that what we should do is we should shut down everything. Because right now, probably the grocery stores are probably where, you know, the viruses are at and stuff like that. Since they're also going to be giving us a stimulus, checks for everybody. What would you spend um, the stimulus on? Um, the stimulus will be more or less for you just staying home for two or three weeks. And what are you, and what are you going to eat? Um, everyone should probably be stocked up on on food right now. Yeah, yeah that's um, not I the case. Far, it's I, not. It's, I, it's I, not. It's not how it works. It's yeah. not how it works, Bill. It's not how it works. You're not. You're not going to shut um, down retail grocery stores. It's not going to happen. So that way they can actually clean and really sanitize them. They do that at night. They do that at night. That's why they're not yeah. staying open twenty four seven. But I mean, everyone's going out. I mean, I've seen a port of everything. Just yes, fly off the shelf because there's stuff. a necessary but, function to to many things. Many things are considered necessary functions in a society. You can't shut everything down. So, I mean, look, it's I know people if you want if you want to stay at home and you're you've got 14 days of supply or whatever it's going to take. But here's the question. How do you know it's just 14 days? Yeah, I told you I'm I'm ready for uh, the refrigerator. Every, I'm ready for a month. Mm-hmm. And I went out yesterday and except really for gas that I can do on the way home. Right. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. Because you Eight, and I, you and family I, of five, they're not, you know, not so much. They go through food every day, right? Yeah, you're, so, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're right. But I mean, I, but uh, my, I guess my, my point is I'm, you and I are trying to do whatever we can because we know we have to be at work. Right. We can't get sick. No. Right now. We just right. can't. Right. And so, you know, like a lot of people who else don't want to get sick, uh, we're staying at home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, plus, I mean, plus, except going to the grocery store. There's really not much to do. There's nowhere to go anyway. Yeah, right. You know, again, uh, just be cautious about it. But shutting down grocery stores? That's no. not going to happen. By no. the way, the panic that that would cause would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. You tell people that you want to see looting? You'd have widespread looting in every small town, medium-sized town, and large city. And it would be nonstop. Yeah, let's be sensible about this. Get a grip. People are going to need things. They're going to need health care. They're going to need sustenance. They're going to need shelter. Full stop. Otherwise, you know, th- this idea that we should just shut the entire planet down for a few weeks. I, By the way, I saw that over over the weekend right. on social media. The And the other thing is where he said stimulus will take care of everything. No, it won't. No, it will not. No, it won't. No, it's not going to. Well, well, you know, I mean, you can't say that we should shut everything down and then, you know, everybody will be getting their stimulus check. For what? They're going to need groceries over. Again, even if they came out and every county judge ordered no evictions, apartments or dwellings or mortgage, uh, you know, the the, uh, if anybody was uh, being foreclosed upon, even then... You would still need money for sustenance and medicine.
powerful people, corrupt and arrogant, who think they can get away with anything. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red One thing you see is, and I don't care whether it's uh, on social media or uh, social media from just the normal Joe and Jane out there, or whether it's somebody in the media or doctors out there, everybody is making their prognostications as to what they think is going to happen here. And what we have tried to do as much as possible is go, you know, right to the person who's in charge of it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and deal with the medical people that are giving out the, you know, the, the official information. Mm-hmm. And of course, the lead person on that is Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert for the National Institutes of Health. And he was on Face the Nation yesterday. So let's hear what he has to say as to where we stand currently. You just you. you just heard that report from our uh, Liz Palmer about Italy. Are we on the same trajectory as Italy? No, not necessarily at all. I mean, obviously, things are unpredictable. You can't make any definitive statement. But if you look at the dynamics of the outbreak in Italy, we don't know why they are suffering so terribly. But there's a possibility, and, and many of us believe, that early on they did not shut out as well the input of infections that originated in China and came to different parts of the world. One of the things that we did very early and very aggressively, the president you know, put the travel restriction mm-hmm. coming from, from uh, China to the United States and most recently from Europe to the United States because Europe is really the new China. Again, I don't know why this is happening there to such an extent, but it is conceivable that once you get so many of these spreads out, they spread exponentially, and you can never keep up with this tsunami. And I think that's what, unfortunately, our colleagues and our dear friends in Italy are facing. They are very competent. It isn't that they don't know what they're doing. I think they have a situation in which they've been so overwhelmed from the beginning that they can't play catch up. And in direct answer to your question, Margaret, it is maybe, and I hope and I think it will be the case, that we will not be that way because we have, from the beginning, been able to put a bit of a clamper. We're going to get hit. There's no doubt about it. We see it in New York. New York is is terribly suffering. But the kinds of mitigation issues that are going on right now, the things that we're seeing in this country, this physical separation, at the same time as we're preventing an influx of cases coming in, I think that's going to go a long way to preventing us from becoming an Italy. This was an animal virus that jumped to a human. Then it started spreading human to human. Is the virus mutating? Is it changing? Well, uh, this is an RNA virus, Margaret, and it always will mutate. The real question is so that people don't get confused. Viruses can mutate with no substantial impact on its function. So I have no doubt it's mutating as all RNA viruses mutate. We have not seen thus far any type of change in the way it's acting. But we are keeping a very close eye on it because it is conceivable that it could mutate and change some of the ways that it performs. But we have not seen that yet. But we're not going to just not pay attention to it. We're going to follow it closely. That's very important to highlight there. You know, one of the things that stood out this week in some of the briefings we heard from the White House was this mention, particularly from your colleague, Ambassador Burks, 
that young people in Europe seem to be affected in a way that was unexpected. And we heard from the CDC this week, 20% of the hospitalizations in this country um, were between the ages of of 20 and 44. Why are young people getting affected this way when it wasn't expected? You're absolutely correct. And you just nailed a very important critical issue that we're looking very closely at. You know, it looks like there's a big difference between that demography, as we call it, from China and what we're seeing in Europe. Now, we have to look at the young people who are getting seriously ill from the European cohort and make sure it isn't just driven by the fact that they have underlying conditions, because we know that underlying conditions, all bets are off. No matter how young you are, if you have an underlying serious medical condition, you're going to potentially get into trouble. But if they don't have underlying conditions, that will be something we have to really examine as to why we're seeing it here, but we didn't see it in China. So we're going to look at that very closely. You mentioned uh, in particular New York and and what may be coming there. Uh, The president has tweeted this morning that Ford, GM and Tesla have been given the go ahead to make ventilators. There's been this back and forth over whether the president actually has ordered companies or not to produce needed medical equipment. What have these companies agreed to do? And when will medical professionals have what they need? Well, I mean, as yesterday in the press conference that that I'm sure you heard, what the president was saying is that these companies are coming forth on their own. And I think that's an extraordinary spirit of the American spirit of not needing to be coaxed. They're stepping forward. They're making not only masks, but PPEs and now ventilators. So what we're going to be seeing, and and we're seeing it already, in the beginning, obviously, there was an issue with testing. The testing now, uh, a a large number of tests are available now out there because the private companies have gotten involved. But like the the mayor of New York has said this week that he was going to run out of medical equipment in in a matter of two weeks. That's true. So when will medical... It is true he will run out? Will the federal government get him what he needs? True, true, to both of them. Let me explain. We were at at the task force meeting yesterday, and it was very clear that the issue in New York was right on the front burner. And the situation is now that the resources that are being marshaled are going to be clearly directed to those hotspots that need it most. And clearly that's California, Washington State, and obviously New York is the most hard hit. So not only is New York trying to get resources themselves, but we're going to be pouring it in from the federal government. So it would be a combination of local and federal. But it's very, very clear that they are a very high priority. You are the leading infectious disease expert in the U.S. government. You said this week um, that you differed from the president in his assessment that a combination of two drugs, hydrochloroquine and azithromycin combined, could uh, have the outcome that he described to the public they possibly could. Where, who is the president listening to? And do you see a concern here that those drugs could uh, become you know, basically oversubscribed and there could be a shortage that could impact people who have persistent medical issues like lupus and need those. Okay, so Margaret, there's an issue here of where we're, we're coming from. The president has heard, as we all have heard, what are what I call anecdotal reports that certain drugs work. So what he was trying to do and express was the hope that if they might work, let's try and push their usage. I, on the other side, have said I'm not disagreeing with the fact 
anecdotally they might work, but my job is to prove definitively from a scientific standpoint that they do work. So I was taking a purely medical scientific standpoint, and the president was trying to bring hope to the people. Mm -hmm. I think there's this issue of trying to separate the two of us. There isn't fundamentally a difference there. He's coming from it from a hope layperson standpoint. Okay. I'm coming from it from a scientific standpoint. Yeah. So you hear there in the beginning what he talked about with Italy being overwhelmed, which is what they believe in northern Italy. They didn't have enough beds. They didn't have enough ventilators. You know, they were they were just simply overwhelmed. And doctors had to make the decision to turn people away. You don't have the beds. You don't have the equipment. You can't treat everybody. And this is why you see the push right now for uh, you see many locales. Uh, in fact, uh, Dallas County, where we're broadcasting from. No elective surgery, no dental. That's that's not ele- that's elective. Mm-hmm. If it's emergency dental, you can treat that. But that's to save on the equipment, the masks that are necessary. And then ultimately, what you do about the ventilator shortage is now you've got companies that are willing to go out and manufacture them. And, of course, the trucking industry will be delivering those to those medical centers that need them. But that's, you know, that's kind of what they went through. It was just, as he mentioned, they were just the the only thing you could say is other than, uh, you know, anything else. The one thing you can say is they were overwhelmed. And the question is, and you look at New York as a prime example. He talked about that, too, because New York is just having a problem, a massive problem. You can't have tens of millions of people living on top of each other and 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 be able to contain this uh, this contagious disease uh, to the extent that you could. And in North Dakota, it's a simple math. It's population. Yeah. It's math. Uh, and when you heard a lot of the other things that he was talking about, you know, when he's talking about young people, you know, really not sure whether we'll become Italy. Doesn't, you know, thinks we've taken precautions earlier than Italy, but not really sure. Mm-hmm. I we're, mean, young, we're people, still, could, young yeah. people could be as, as, as simple as you saw the spring breakers. Yeah, we don't care if we get it. We get it. I mean, could it? Could that be well, part of the mindset of of that generation, whether they were at spring break or not? Not only not only that, but the question has come up because of so many young people vaping and smoking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, in parts of Europe, it is greater. Don't right. know whether that's the case in in Italy, but these right. are just some of the things that are brought up. Mm-hmm. That if you're a smoker or a a, a vapor, which we've seen. Across society, mm-hmm. it has just become so much greater that that, in essence, can be just like having an underlying condition. Whether that's a case or not, we, you don't know. And that's what we have tried to express as everybody on social media on both sides of the issue. It's being overplayed or underplayed. Mm-hmm. Everybody's guessing. They don't know. Right. No. It is. And it's I, I think it's again, you and and how do you define certain high risk categories? There's behavior like you just mentioned. With vaping, uh, there's underlying conditions. But, you know, you can't walk around society and just look at somebody and, and tell necessarily that they have an underlying condition. I mean, age-wise, you can pretty much guess. But other than that, you can't tell if somebody has hypertension, uh, if someone no. has uh, lung disease, uh, you know, anything that that, you know, uh, entails. So it is, again, it's it's a it's a great unknown. I think, Dr. And, and I applaud Dr. Fauci. Or, you know, that that gotcha question there at the end. You know, where's the president getting his information from? That's a stupid question. Dr. Fauci's standing right beside him every time he's on stage. 
And and obviously he has great communication with Dr. Fauci. And what the president was was trying to convey was that hopeful message. Yeah, hey, look, uh, we're hearing about, and he that's kind of the way he phrased it. Hey, we hear that this could work and this could work. And if it does, we right. we hope to be able to roll it out soon. He didn't, that's the only thing he said. He didn't say it works. No. He said, uh, I've heard about it. He didn't uh, make a definitive statement. No, he did not. And and the media portrays as if he's making a definitive statement. I'm telling you. It's and I'm just, glad Dr. Fauci stood up there because yeah. that wasn't that was maybe the uh, well, it's one of the most important things that 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 he has said or been able to do, at least this past weekend. And that is to, you know, put the media back in their place and re, and 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 show them how ridiculous they're being. And he, he was saying fundamentally, we were saying the same thing. We all hope that if that is true. We can roll it out. But he's coming from a scientific standpoint, and the president's coming from a layman's standpoint. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Friday Radio, he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Let's go to Raphael in Tampa, Florida. Raphael, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, I'm glad to be on. Um, just real quick, I'm a huge fan of you guys. And the reason is, is because when things like this happen and people freak out, you're very good at taking a step back, pumping the brakes and saying, wait a second, what's really going on right now? So I don't buy this whole argument that there's a great unknown and therefore we have to completely shut down the Western world, cause trillion dollars of of economic damage and um, just and and to completely um, um, make my point clear here, the 2009 economic crash. There are studies by the you can look this up yourself. I'm not making this up. There's a Lancet study that found that 500,000 people had premature cancer deaths because of the 2009 uh, economic disaster. There were 10,000 suicides associated with it and everything else. In this case, also there's they're also loosening law enforcement, for instance. They're upping everybody's um, um, uh, cortisol levels. Everyone's going to have panic attacks, heart attacks, everything else associated with this. So if they don't get this right, they're going to lead to a heck of a lot more deaths than something right now that numerous studies that are completely being ignored. And I wish you guys would. Well, I, I would. I would tell you right now. Look, uh, suicides. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I don't know when. Whenever there's stressful times, you know, suicides can go up. I would completely, <laughs> totally. Uh, off the just off of what you said, discount the fact of the tens of thousands of cancer deaths due to 2008, 2009. Right, premature cancer death. Yes, right. Yeah, I I would I would like to see uh, what you know what that what that study was. Well, and, but but see but, if that one was peer reviewed. We're, we're talking apples and oranges, right? You know, um, there is going to be because this will be financially. This could be much greater than what we saw in 2009, and there's no way to measure what is going to happen to people. Uh, certainly people are concerned. Certainly people go into a depression. And I, I don't want to discount that. But let's be careful about trying to quantify it. By the way, I do believe that social media, you know, being able to communicate with people has been wonderful. Yeah, a lot sure. of people actually get to communicate yeah, with it. Right. It's really been a great service.
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Mission assignment of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to provide support to build. Uh, and uh, <laughs> lost that for a... Uh, uh, a a second there. Here we go. This is uh, the president yesterday. Mission assignment of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to provide support to build out alternate care sites. They're doing various alternate care sites, which have now been designated by New York. Four large federal medical stations of 1,000 beds. These are very um, complex places, actually, with great equipment. Yesterday, I signed vital legislation to ensure that the GI Bill will cover distance learning during this emergency. I also spoke with many of our veteran service organizations or the VSOs to describe our unprecedented action. In February, the Department of Veterans Affairs established 19 emergency operation centers throughout the country. For those worried and afraid, please know as long as I am your president, you can feel confident that you have a leader who will always fight for you. And I will not stop until we win. This will be a great victory. The, here is uh, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. I do want to say, you know, being straightforward and respectful, I, I appreciate uh, that the president and the vice president had a focused, uh, constructive conversation with me directly to talk about what's going on, particularly in our public hospitals, which are literally 10 days away from running out of really basic supplies, particularly and equipment like uh, ventilators. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's because right now all eyes are on New York. I mean, it's mm-hmm. they've had the, you know, the greatest rise in numbers um, because of the population and because of the fact that, again, you have tens of millions of people that live so closely together. Uh, I was talking about that my mom's being hospitalized right now, not for coronavirus, but still the flu and, and uh, pneumonia and a few other things. And, uh, you know, it's pretty serious. Right. Uh, but I was going to go up this past weekend and everyone's like, why? You wouldn't be able to see her. You can't see her. Right. You can't, you know, you can't go in. And my dad's sick, right? You know, he's mm. got the flu. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to bring anything in. And as my sister told me, she said, you don't know if you're going to get back. Right. Yeah, so, right. you know that's to, the next to be thing able to get that, back from New York back to Texas. Right, that's the that the next thing going around is, yeah. you know, not not only are flights being you know flights being canceled and and all that. Now odds are I could get back, but the other thing that they're talking about is, are they just a step away from closing airports for a couple of weeks up there? Right. We know that because of personnel changes, some of the uh, New York airports. What was it on Friday or mm-hmm. Thursday? I think it was mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday. I forgot which day it was. Uh, you know, had to uh, have uh, you know runway delays. Mm-hmm. So you know that's uh, it, that that's the hot spot right now. Right. 
you know, looking at, uh, I was looking at South Korea and some of the articles written on South Korea, and you can see that their curve is starting to flatten out a little bit. The United States isn't. I mean, it's just, right. it, it, it's almost peak right now. And when you look at it, and, and it seems like we're about two weeks into it, but really about one week into the skyrocketing mm-hmm. of that, you know, of that line, you know, of the, the line going right. straight up. Right. And, and so most believe that if we can mirror what South Korea has done, it will be another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they'll see at least it's the cases are still going up in South Korea, mm-hmm. but there are fewer cases. And so that's what they hope. Another thing is I, I just, <clears throat> you know, when we talk about the, the uh, hydroxychloroquine. Right. That's being, the, we were referring to it as chloroquine on, on uh, previous shows. Mm-hmm. There was an article written here, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Jeff Kohler and Daniel Hinthorn. Now, just to let you know who they are, uh, Dr. Kohler is a practicing physician and chairman of the National Advisory Commission on Rural Health. Hmm. He served as governor of Kansas from 2018 to 2019. Dr. Hinthorn is director of the Division of Infectious Disease at the University of Kansas Medical Center. So you're talking about practicing doctors yeah. all right and and pretty high up and and dealing uh when you look at uh dr hinthorn director of the division of infectious disease at the university of kansas medical center and they're talking about and let me just read a couple of paragraphs a flash of potential good news from the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic a treatment is showing promise doctors in france south korea and u.s are using an anti uh malaria drug known as hydroxychloroquine with success we are physicians treating patients with covid19 and the therapy appears to be making a difference it isn't a silver bullet but if deployed quickly and strategically the drug could potentially help bend the pandemic's hockey stick curve hydroxychloroquine is a common generic drug used to treat lupus arthritis and malaria The medication is relatively safe, with the main side effect being stomach irritation, although it can cause echocardiogram and vision changes. In 2015, a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention study showed that using chloroquine could block a virus from penetrating a cell if administered before exposure. If tissue had already been infected, the drug inhibited the virus. A March, in, on March 9th, a team of researchers in China published results showing that hydroxychloroquine was effective against a 2019 coronavirus in a test tube. The authors suggested a five-day, 12-pill treatment for COVID-19 to 200-milligram tablets twice a day on the first day, followed by one tablet twice a day for four more days. A more recent French study used the drug in combination with the other drug, the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, the uh, azithromycin. 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 Yeah, Thank Z- you very Z- much. Z-Pack for short. Oh, the Z-Pack. Okay, the Z- yeah, okay. Right. Uh, for, uh, most Americans know it as a Z-Pack. Mm-hmm. Prescribed for upper respiratory infections, the Z-Pack alone doesn't appear to help fight mm-hmm. COVID-19, and the findings of the combination of the treatment are preliminary. 
But researchers in France treated a small number of patients with both, and 100% of them were cured by day six of the treatment. Compare that with the 57.1% patients treated with hydroxychloroquine alone and 12.5% of patients who received neither. What's more, the patients cleared the virus in three to six days rather than the 20 days observed in China. That reduces the time a patient can spread the virus to others. One lesson that should inform the U.S. approach, use this treatment cocktail early and don't wait until a patient is on a ventilator in an intensive care unit. A couple of careful studies of the the two drugs are in process, but the results may take weeks or longer. Infectious disease experts are already using uh, the uh, uh, chloroquine clinically with some success. With our colleague, Dr. Joseph Brewer in Kansas City, we are using the uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine in two ways to treat patients to protect healthcare workers from infection. We had been using the protocol outlined in the research from China, but we've switched to the combination prescribed in the French study. Our patients appear to be showing fewer symptoms. Our our experience suggests that hydroxychloroquine with or without the Z-Pack should uh, be a first-line treatment. Unfortunately, there's already a shortage of hydroxychloroquine. The federal government should immediately uh, contract with generic manufacturers to ramp up production. Any stockpile should be released. We know that uh, uh, Novartis, the, uh, the pharmaceutical company, has already said if it gets approved, they've got millions ready to donate immediately. Hmm. Good. Uh, <clears throat> They say that um, we have decade we have decades of experience in treating infectious diseases and dealing with epidemics, and we believe in safety uh, and efficacy. We don't want to peddle false hope. We have seen promising drugs turn out to be duds, but the public expects an answer, and we don't have the luxury of time. We have a drug with an excellent safety profile, but limited clinical outcomes and no better alternatives uh, until long after this disaster peaks. We can use this treatment to help save lives and prevent others from becoming infected, or we can wait several weeks and wish to, wish to, and risk excuse me, discovering that we didn't do everything we could to end this pandemic as quickly as possible. So, I mean, now you've got two American doctors who have used it in clinical studies, uh, you know, that deal with infectious diseases that say, yeah, we believe it works. Yeah, um, and again, that's this is a great hope if if this is you know the combo then the fda uh should move as quickly as possible i don't know what that process is like we're in un you know uncharted waters right now i don't know what what kind of timeline you're looking at but even if they got it out within the next few months you know you'd still be looking at a great number of people infected based on the rate of where we are now depending on Again, how useful or effective nope. the the isolation policy is. Look, the ZPACs are, are are available. The hydrochloroquine is there, ready to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this is what we're being told. Right, that the pharmaceutical companies are willing to to give out what you know what they have and still protect the patients that still need it. Sure, that they would ramp up production tremendously. Right. Here's my question. Can you do a much bigger clinical sample? Can you do, can you get, do a clinical sample of a thousand people? Right. And do it in a period of, because if this thing only takes six days, mm-hmm. can you do that? And that, I, 
it's not a statement. It's a question. Right. Sure. If you can do that, what do you need to do in order to get this thing out massively if they could do a, cl- a much bigger cl- clinical trial and know that these patients are cured? Because you know whether they have coronavirus or not. Right. If you took all the resources and said, let's have a much bigger clinical trial, let's get this done, is that what's going on now? I don't know. It might be going on. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you'd want to do, correct? Right, Sure. And also find out, you know, um, if it's effective uh, six days into the virus. If you're symptomatic six days in, uh, just like with the flu, when you when you uh, when Tamiflu works is when you can get it to the patient within I think it's 48 hours of them being symptomatic. You know, when when that happens. So, is there a different outcome for someone who has had it longer or who who isn't? Who, who tests positive but isn't symptomatic yet. You know, I guess those would be, you would have to do a trial study based on probably the entire spectrum. I'm guessing. Again, again, questions here. Um, and so, and that gets back to uh, the side effects and everything else to make sure that the treatment isn't harsher uh, than the disease itself for the overwhelming majority of people that get it and won't be, won't have it in a severe way. And and that's what it comes down to. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So, yeah, you were just talking about uh, with the, uh, the the chloroquine and the Z-Pack that, because uh, we were talking about, all right, the Z-Packs. It's like, well, you just put the pharmaceutical companies right now, they're producing it, and you put them on three shifts. Right. Yep. You know, you just, you, if, if this, if, if, it, if it worked, but as you were saying, you could take a, the clinical trial and do a thousand each, and, and probably each, at each level of, at, at of each the illness, le- right? Of the illness, right? To see if it works, and you could do that in the next ten days. Which makes me wonder, since the president said get on it, and they're on it, is that what they're doing right now, trying to trying to get this this whole thing done? Well, look, uh, here's here's we, there are two huge threats right here, and and that's the virus itself, of course, but it's also the economy. And the damage that will be done by the economy that will be long term. I don't know of a better suited president or administration in terms of the economy to understand fully the impact on business given his experience. Um, and then beyond that, I think the president has done well in that he he is letting Dr. Fauci lead. He's listening to people. Um, this is. This is what leadership is all about. So if if they are concerned, and there's no doubt that they are, about the impact on the economy, and of course the virus, most of all, then you move quickly on this, and pharmaceuticals uh, could be pumping this thing out, uh, these, these items, these medicines out, into pharmacies very, very quickly. Let's hope, let's pray that is the case. 
Um, it's, it looks to be very promising. And I'll, I'll phrase it like the, the president <laughs> phrased it as a layman. If, if it is, and, and those are the indications we're getting from the scientific community, from the medical community, then let's not waste one second. Let's be prepared. Let's let Elon Musk and GM make more ventilators. There, there's never a problem with having too many. You do everything, but you do it all. You do it all. You have you right. have all the major mar- uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, heck, you could probably have one or two of them. Look at it. I'm I'm guessing they'll all want to be a part of this game, so that you get them, you get this to the market as soon as possible. Uh, like you said, it's it's like a war. All hands on deck. We're all in this together. And I think the private sector has already stepped up in a big way. There are some that can't afford to do that, and that's quite unfortunate. But there are large companies and even a, a few small companies. You see some of these um, landlords of these of these businesses saying, yes. don't mm-hmm. pay us, pay your employees this month. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how far that goes with any given business and if that's enough to you know, stave off a, a layoff in, in that particular business, but you can bet that it helps. And at least the and gesture is there and it shows that as a society, we do come together unless you're on Capitol Hill or in the media. Yeah. Because I have, you know, again, it's all anecdotal, but even the news reports, from what I can see, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, we focus on the people that aren't doing the right thing. Right. But when you really, really think about it, and I was in the store today and when I was uh, uh, talking to a few of the people in masks <laughs> mm-hmm. and asking them, how is it? They said, well, we've got some people trying to, you know, uh, you know, trying to uh, to hoard, mm-hmm. especially sanitizer. And it's one a day. Right. You know, one a day per person, not right. one every trip. Mm-hmm. And he said, call another woman this morning. I said, well, is the majority doing? She goes, the majority is fine. The yeah, majority right. have no problem right. just taking care of it. But they're pretty confident that if everybody does it, from what I've talked to them, she was telling me when I've talked to them, that as long as everybody follows the rules, there's going to be enough for everybody. That's, that's the and, whole point and, of it. And, and there's enough. We didn't get everything we wanted today, but there's enough, and we know it's going to be restocked. And right. I don't think the majority of America is panicking at all. Here's your forecast. As the first full week of spring begins, we have rain to start your morning for Columbus, Ohio, Pittsburgh, down through West Virginia and the Tennessee Valley. It should remain all rain, but just to the north, we have a very cold air mass from Canada, but the temperature right around those vicinities I mentioned won't be close to the freezing mark. As you move up towards Boston, things are dry, but the air is chilly in the upper 20s and lower 30s. The south will be wet again today. Most of Texas will be dry. But from Louisiana over to the Carolinas, you can expect rain, especially along I-20, but mainly north of I-10. The central and northern plains will be dry in the Pacific Northwest. The higher elevations of the mountains of the Sierras, Cascades, and Rockies will be picking up a little light snow. Onshore rain for Washington, Oregon, and portions of I-5 in California. A Monday look at your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
What World Are We Living In? Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. 86690 Red Eye. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. Okay, apparently having a problem with that audio cut. I was trying to play it and went, right. uh, didn't, didn't hear it anywhere. Let, let me try it again. We'll try it again. Here we go. I am your president. You can feel confident that you have a leader who will always fight for you. And I will not stop until we win. This will be a great victory. I fully understand why you should be there. Uh, I think it may be a constitutional reason why you should. But we could be in a position where I would certainly be in favor of it, where they could vote from a certain outside location. And he's uh, talking about the fact that Senator Rand Paul tested positive for the coronavirus. And you know that uh, also Romney is uh, is uh, is staying home. He's quarantined. Yeah. Is and so uh, that's two votes they don't have, mm-hmm. and uh, you know of course that's a, a concern right now because the uh, the Democrats doing what they can not to pass the Republican bill. Look, there's going to be more than three bills. There was more than one bill. There was two bills, and there became three bills. Yeah, the Democrats right. want to add something later on. Fine, right? But the fact is, uh, this bill, which was supposed to be eight hundred fifty billion to a trillion. Then went to 1.3 trillion. You saw 1.4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw between 1.5 and 2 trillion. And now, when I was looking at CNN a little while ago, one of the reporters saying it was two trillion dollars. Uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, again, we can't tell you specifically what's going to be in the final bill because it still would have to be passed by the House. That this is just still going to the Senate. But as we brought to you last week, when James Clyburn said jim clyburn out of uh south carolina the democrat the uh, majority whip of the democrats said this is an opportunity for us to see our vision not help those that are being hurt by coronavirus that was reported by the hill.com but to see our vision which is our liberal vision right we're not surprised by any of this we said early on if we said Look, the Democrats will have no problem playing politics with coronavirus. None. Zero. No. And why? Because of Russia collusion and the bogus impeachment. If they're willing to take down a legit president, if they're willing to overturn a legitimate presidential election, they don't care about doing anything. Mm-hmm. The only reason they might feel forced to do something is because they believe it will seriously harm them in the election. Well, and this is, um, you know, this is the the game that um, that they're willing to play all day long, but the American public they're getting they're they're getting pretty fed up with it. Day by day, they're getting more and more impatient. In the latest uh, polling that was done, the Morning Consult poll, uh, which was out on Saturday, shows a surprising jump. There's from PJ Media analysts uh, 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 analyzing the the latest polling uh, shows a surprising jump in support for Trump's handling of the crisis. Uh, given the overwhelming negative coverage by the news media, complete uh, with blatantly false stories, the fact that Trump's approval in handling the pandemic is in positive territory is remarkable. Uh, the this is Saturday morning. The morning consult poll shows fifty three percent of voters approve of Trump's crisis management, while only thirty nine percent disapprove. 
Significantly, there was a sizable increase in support from Democrats and independents. The uptick was largely driven by eight-point bumps in approval among Democrats and independents. While uh, it actually rose, it rose from 18 to 26 percent from to Democrats and independents from 43 to 51 percent. GOP voters, 83 to 87 percent. We may look at the uh, this week as a turning point. Uh, Trump has been focused on the government's response to the crisis and not so much on the opposition. We said last week over the last couple of days, and so it's been over a full week now, he has been fully, in, to, to us, he's been fully engaged. Yeah, he got angry Friday at a reporter, but I think if you were actually watching it, and by the way, did you see how many media took that out of context oh, yeah. and didn't have the, the right. initial the question before exactly that led up to it look nothing here is being done in a vacuum the reporters want to make you believe that we come into this and all we want to do is know what's going on and we have totally totally legit motivations that are completely innocent and sweet and all we wish to do is find out what's going on and this president is mean as if nothing else as if this is happening in a vacuum in a bubble and of course uh, it is, uh, it, you know, it is not. And so um, when you uh, see the and there's like been three or four polls done, which shows uh, that the uh, the president's handling of it uh, keeps going up as this continues to uh, go on. And I'm not surprised by it because after a couple of days, uh, look, we have to be on social media. Mm-hmm. We have to pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just gets to be bizarre, and it gets to be, it gets to be too much if you don't have to do it. Oh, sure, it's an and, overload. And so, I think most people are simply watching the updates that happen. Well, that's it. I mean, I think they're looking to find out what what is going to happen, what's going to come their way. Um, it's kind of a strange turn of events here. But this is what happens when you're in uh, this this uh, fight or flight mode. While in the past, uh, they didn't really pay attention to what's going on on Capitol Hill. Eh, whatever happens, whatever happens. They would pay attention to things like celebrities. Now, the celebrities don't make sense at all. Half of them are losing their minds about this. It's gotten right. really, really right. crazy. I didn't even look at it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because you, you tweeted it. Mm-hmm. That's her. What the hell was she doing? I don't know. Is don't she know. in Madonna a bathtub? In a bathtub. I don't get it. Was that a robot or something? I, I don't know. Oh, no. Okay. No, that was her. What? No, but I saw oh. something like some. What was the? I, I don't know what. I don't know what that was. It was almost as if it was. She was being handed something by yeah. a, an. A, I didn't. I didn't even uh, want to. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I. I just. Yeah. See, no. I didn't want to look at it, and I thought maybe you did my homework for me on that one. Yeah, no, because you tweeted it. No, uh, it's it, I, all I needed to see. Is her in a bathtub looking bat soup crazy? By the way, I, I like how you added soup to it. Yeah, how it became bat well, soup because it's relevant to the coronavirus. Oh, I know, I know, yeah, but, I know. But I know, it's I know. also I didn't want to use the other word. Well, no, I thought that I just thought it was really it was great to use it, that it, term. But this, but this is what you see, it, with the exception of Neil Diamond. I tweeted that too. That's how okay. celebrities. I mean, he did a parody of his of his own song. Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just, it was beautiful. It was great. It was funny. It was, it was, it was, uh, 
It was, I think, heartfelt and, and warm and funny at the same time. I'm not sure why Arnold Schwarzenegger has a, a, a miniature pony and a miniature donkey living in his house. So don't ask me. Listen to me. Everyone calm down now. This is not going to get the coronavirus. It's just having you living with the donkey and just living with the miniature horse. And you can feed them right there of your plate. You know, you give them that and just everyone stay inside and stay safe. As I'm actually kissing a donkey and just telling you to wash your hands. <laughs> I w- I'd rather look at the Madonna vid- or tweet, I think. Well, it was, it was just uh, the whole thing was just weird. And by the way, all these celebrities badly singing Imagine. Uh, are you kidding me? People who are worth tens and tens of millions of, of dollars telling you, Imagine there were no things. What do you mean? You guys are surrounded by things. You guys have fleets of cars and private jets. Shut and up. They're telling me. They're telling me. You're telling you to get used to nothing. Exactly. Get used <laughs> no, to you get used to things. nothing. Well, no, it reminds me of Obama. When Give me he your went, stuff. When, it, when Obama told all the nations of Africa, "Oh, hey, don't don't get your hopes up about getting cars and air conditioning." Because the oceans will boil over as he gets on an airplane, a massive airplane that's designed uh, for one person. That was the best ever. Telling the citizens of Africa, yeah, don't expect to have what we have. Right. We should have less, but you can't expect to have cars and air conditioning in Africa. Right. You know, I mean, uh, there were there were a couple of comedians saying, uh, you know, uh, I forget what and, which and comedian they, was. And they say Trump says dumb things. I know, I know. A couple of comedians were like, okay, hey, let's do a roast. Who wants to be roasted? Asking other famous people on social media, hey, would you like to be roasted? And we'll do it here on Twitter, and it'll be funny. You know, that kind of thing is, is, is okay, I'm great with. You know, that's, that's great. But I don't know, this bubble that they seem to live in, the other celebrities that were singing, I don't know what the hell's wrong with Madonna. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. Midlife crisis? I, I, midlife? <laughs> that, that was like 20 years ago. What are you talking about? Midlife. What, what midlife? Oh, that's right. I forgot her name. Let's let's yes. let's show respect and yes. give her her proper title, Grandma Gaga. Yes, that's right. So <laughs> that's the only thing I forgot to put in the tweet. Grandma, Grandma Gaga. Gaga. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. I didn't. I was. Right. The, in fact, the only reason I was retweeting it was because at, at first I thought, oh no, I, I can mention Grandma. You know, hashtag Grandma Gaga. Yeah. And I forgot to do that. But uh, anyway, it's it's just the insanity. Because here's the deal: um, is it the end of the world? No. Um, is it a very serious situation? Well, um, because there are so many unknowns, it's to be taken seriously. Um, are we going to get through it? The answer is yes. Yes. And we already have great promise. Think about this. We already have great promise from, from Western societies in a matter of months. And then when all this is over, we can turn around and give China their fair share of the blame, which by the way, they deserve. Um, and who knows what's going to happen, but I'll tell you right now, um, sanctions need to be put on China and there needs to be great pressure on this because they can't run this game forever. Well, I, I do think that, that after this, the world has a, you know, the world has, you know, much more evidence of the harm that, that China, because of the communist government and remember it's a communist government, uh, the, the harm that, that 
they can project on to uh, the rest of the world. And I do think that they'll be marginalized, and not only by governments, I think by industry. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this, that, and we are not for terrorists, but understanding what was going on in China, if you've listened to this show, we said, yeah, you got to be able to fight back somehow. This is way beyond this. Mm-hmm. This is it way, is. this is way, is. way, right. way, way beyond uh, 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 terrorists, which means that even with the tariffs, so companies are moving out and saying, you know something, we're going to stay out. We're not going back. Right. Because we can go to an India. Yep. We can, there are a lot of other countries over there that are willing to take us where we can get cheaper workforces that are, that are, are you know, India, for example, and I do wonder, you and I have asked this question in the White House. I don't believe everybody, anybody's ever asked the, the, the White House this question because they're so intent of just getting into uh, animosity arguments with the president. But this would be the question. Are you trying to really promote India as the option to China? You know, trade. And you and I talked about that when when he was over there. Right. And and don't be surprised because what was he promoting them on? The world's biggest democracy. Yep. And we need to have the cooperation with you guys and you guys and you guys and you guys. And I do think that there will be a much bigger uh, effort, not just because of the support of the people for their governments to have restrictions on China, but for the private sector alone saying, is this really where we want to be? Right. Is this really where we want to be or is it time because all supply chains now because of the tariffs and now because of the coronavirus, everything has been upended. Yeah, it has been. And, and so if you're, going, if you're going to look at your next 10, 15, 20 year plan as a major industry and where you're going to do, you know, worldwide. By the way, globalism in the form of free trade doesn't end because of this. A lot of people said have said and we've even had, you know, response. Well, no. th- this has to stop free trade. It's not going to stop not, free trade. No, it should it should uh to a large extent eventually lead to China being out of control, uh get the control, I guess, out of their hands on certain things, especially pharmaceuticals because we we can't right. afford to ever play this game again, but in terms of trade itself, look, they rely on western societies. They rely on western societies. And whatever makes sense, makes sense. But again, India, I think it's a good point. Is he trying to, the president, is the administration trying to set them up to take China's place? 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carling, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So do you think, because uh, the pressure is going to be on uh, today, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think uh, the uh, circuit breakers kicked in because the stock market dropped five points immediately, and they believe, 5% immediately, and they believe it was because uh, the the Democrats said, oh, sorry, yeah, not I mean, not going to go for this Senate vote because right. the market clearly wants uh, this thing this thing passed and passed right now just to give them some sense of okay, you know, this may be going in the right direction. Well, I, I think this is the Democrats' play as it was on impeachment. Nancy, we'll just hold it until we get our way. They don't care. They don't give a damn about the American people.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.